Good evening, ghouls and ghoulettes, and welcome to Killer Horror Critic, the podcast worth dying for. Hosted by the Killer Horror Critic himself, this is the show where guests from all over the horror spectrum join to talk about some of their favorite horror films. So get snugged under the covers, grab a cuddly puppy, and prepare for tonight's blood-curdling episode of Killer Horror Critic. Good evening, horror fans, and welcome to another episode of Killer Horror Critic. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Chris. And this is a podcast where my wife and I critique and argue over horror films like a couple of drunks at the bar. So maybe never quite learn anything. Maybe we never enlighten you. Maybe we never get your beaks pecking. (laughs) (laughs) But hopefully you just have a good time listening. So today we are continuing our Birds of Prey theme and discussing the 1987 film Beaks the Movie, (laughs) uh, which was directed by Rene Cardona Jr., who also did a film that some of you might know, uh, Tintorera, the Killer Shark. (laughs) What? Um, This person did a Killer Shark movie? They did. Uh, That doesn't mean that it's great, though. I don't care. (laughs) But they did do a a shark film. Uh, They also did a film called The Bermuda Triangle, as well as a few others that you might have heard of, Under Siege. Uh, And it was written by Cardona Jr. and Eric Weston. And this actually fascinates me because Beaks is kind of a terrible movie. But but Weston, I actually think, is a pretty decent writer. He wrote the film Evil Speak. I believe that was his first movie that he did. And I fucking love Evil Speak with Clint Howard. I think it's a great script. So what happened here? I, I have a feeling there were a lot of influences going into this film, but uh, but so it was written by those two, and it's essentially, uh, I think the best way to put it is a pseudo birds ripoff, right? Uh, yeah. A ripoff of of Hitchcock's The Birds, and when I say that, it's not like the same story, but it's heavily influenced by The Birds and basically, you know, a, a ripoff of it. So I feel like it's a ripoff and a sequel merged together. Yeah, well, kind of. It was actually released in Italy as The Birds 2, you know, because we, uh, you know, for those who don't know, Italy was constantly putting out films, right, and would claim that it was a sequel of something else. It's a whole rights thing. I don't want to get into it right now, but <laughs> but yeah, it was released in Italy as The Birds 2. It is very much not The Birds 2. There is no. an actual Birds 2. But anyway, so this one's essentially about a reporter played by Vanessa Cartwright who some of you might know from the film Waxwork which is great and her uh, cinematographer Peter or her camera guy Peter played by Christopher Atkins who actually made his debut in the Blue Lagoon which is where some (laughs) you might know him from it's basically about the two of them they get assigned this story about birds attacking and then they go around the world interviewing different people about birds attacks and then there's a lot of random scenes of birds attacking and that's pretty much the movie so (laughs) so we are going to spoil everything about this film so if you have not seen it please do go check it out Uh, i believe it is streaming on prime through the imdb channel it might also possibly be on tubi i feel like i've seen it there before but i don't know for sure it's not a film that I would say is worth your <laughs> your rental dollars if you haven't seen it. Yeah. But uh, I mean, if you look, if you're into really silly, dumb movies, maybe. Yes. But <laughs> uh, but I am not going to sit here and tell you that this film is good. So again, if you haven't seen it, please do so. But before that, we have our usual spoiler-free content. So as far as releases go this week, a uh, few interesting ones. First up is one is a film called Ankle Biters, and this is coming to VOD on the 16th. And this is basically a film about a, I believe it's about a woman who begins dating a new guy, and I think they, ha- I think she has like three or four daughters, uh, who all decide that he's actually hurting her or whatever. <laughs> Um, and basically they decide to kill him. So. Awesome. Love it. Uh, so it, it, it looks fun. You know, I, I haven't seen it myself yet, but it does look like a good time. It's from the studio Dark Star Pictures, and they tend to put out pretty fun, weird content. So, you know, yeah. might might be worth your time. Uh, there's another one called The Feast, and this is coming to VOD on the 19th. Uh, this is a film that I did catch at festivals. I love it. It's very good, and it's got... One or two scenes in particular that 
are going to have just like your jaw falling open because of how <laughs> horrific they are <laughs> and grotesque. So this one's basically about a family that's hosting this dinner party and one of the uh, assistants that's helping out with it is new and she's very strange and uh, to say anything more would be to spoil it so let's just say it's a very intense claustrophobic dinner party horror film and it's it's very strange it's very gruesome so (laughs) uh so i do recommend checking that one out i really enjoyed it and then lastly is a film or and then lastly is of course ghostbusters afterlife which is coming to theaters on the 19th and I don't think I need to say much about that one, nope. you know, pretty much a direct sequel to Ghostbusters 2. And it involves the uh, the family members of the original Ghostbusters, like discovering all their stuff and ghosts get unleashed and all that good stuff. So we get mini Marshmallow Men. You get mini Marshmallow Men. Uh, the, the Hellhounds are returning, you know. Paul Rudd <laughs> is in this. Paul Rudd is in it, just <laughs> named Sexiest Man Alive. <laughs> so fucking weird. Uh, listen, the man is a vampire, all right? He hasn't aged in decades. He looks exactly the same as he did when he showed up in Halloween Curse of Michael Myers. So <laughs> Yes, he does. Uh, so he deserves it. You know, we could, all, we could all only wish to look that good at his age. So. <laughs> but anyway, so, so those are your releases for the week. So a few good things you can check out there. And then one other thing we like to do before we get into spoilers is every week on Twitter, we put up a poll at Killer Critics, just kind of getting your thoughts and feelings on the film, what you think of it. So between love it, it's fine, don't like it, and never seen it, where do you think the audience falls on? Beaks, the movie. (laughs) Uh, I'm pretty sure most of our audience has not seen this film, just because who the fuck has heard of Beaks? Yeah, so you'd be correct. Uh, (laughs) Beaks was one that I didn't even discover until like a year or two ago when I was super high. (laughs) And uh, and yes, that is where the audience falls. So uh, 5% love it. Uh, I want to meet all 5% of you (laughs) and and talk about why you love the movie. (laughs) I can maybe see why they love it. 10% say it's fine. 10% don't like it. And 75% have not seen it. So... That's about what I expected. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was hoping maybe a f- little bit more of you had seen it. But, but yeah, that's about where I thought it would fall there. And so we don't actually have any comments for this one because <laughs> so few people have seen it. <laughs> so so we'll move into the last thing before spoilers. There's tagline versus the film. Just kind of talking about the tagline what we think of it overall. So the tagline for Beaks was, you don't have a wing of prayer. Okay, I fucking love that. (laughs) Okay, so There's a pun. All right, so you love that. (laughs) Yeah, it's fucking amazing. I always love when there's a pun in it. It's so great. And look, I kind of feel like that tagline works for this movie because this movie is silly. Like, it it tries to take itself seriously. It Does it, though? (laughs) I think that it does. I think it's one of those movies that, like, you know, tried to do this seriously, but they didn't really know what they were doing. And so it ends up as like this weird, like hodgepodge of scenes and like ultra gore and things just not making sense. I think they do exactly what they were doing. They were making a dumb birds rip off <laughs> <laughs> to be released as a birds rip off. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, you know, l- l- let's be honest. I mean, the movie's basically capitalizing off of the bird success, right? Yeah. And <laughs> granted, doing it decades later. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, yeah, no, the, the, the film's a total mess. You know, th- yep. this is, this is one of the few where like, I, I don't like to say that I don't like it, you know, hmm. because I, I, I tend to find something to like in just about everything, but, but to be clear, Beaks is one that, you know, I'm generally not going to put on <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's a little slow and, you know, uneventful. <laughs> you say the movie is slow? Well, I just, I just mean that in the sense that there's, there's just nothing happening in this film. No. You know, it, it really is just like one random bird attack sequence after the other for the most part. <laughs> I legit have moments during this movie where I think I fell asleep and I missed something. And I didn't. I didn't miss anything. They just jump around like that. Yeah, and, and, you know, so, like, I always need at least a semblance of a story, right, to, to have me fully engaged, and that's not really present in Beaks. Uh, but, it, I mean, it is still fun. It's goofy. The gore's uh, good. The gore's good. The bird attacks are... Hilarious. They they range from hilarious to horrific, and yep. I love that. And, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, I would be curious to see the full cut of this because... 
the the one that's available on uh, the one that's available here which is what we watched is around like 88 minutes or so mm-hmm. uh, i believe if i was getting my research correctly uh, I believe that there's a hundred minute cut that has like extra gore and stuff like that. So there's a few different cuts of this movie roaming around. <laughs> and I'm not sure that those extra 10 to 14 minutes would add anything <laughs> to Beaks. Well, yeah, it's but, clarity. but I mean, the gore is kind of one of the highlights of the film. So if there is more gore in a cut out there, then, you know, maybe help it a little bit yeah (laughs) uh but yeah i believe there's a japanese cut of it that has all the gore because you know japan isn't a bunch of frigid assholes like america is so (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so uh so we are going to move into spoilers now and so again if you haven't seen beaks the movie please do go please do so otherwise we are going to spoil everything which you know maybe beaks is a movie you don't really care about being spoiled and granted to be honest i'm not really sure there's much i can spoil for you with this film it won't really ruin anything (laughs) so it's really about the experience with beaks right uh so so that being said you know who do you want to talk about in this film our you know i already mentioned uh vanessa i already mentioned our main character vanessa played by michelle johnson uh peter played by christopher atkins uh who do you want to discuss (laughs) Uh, so I want to talk about, I guess, the Huntsman. I could not find what this fucker's name was. So I'm just calling him the Huntsman. He's the dude in the beginning who loses his eye to a hawk. Like, a hawk mm. just, like, flies in, steals it, and yells bitch on its way out. And it's awesome. <laughs> the it hawk doesn't does not act- yell bitch. <laughs> hawk totally yells bitch. It's just in I- birds, so you can't you can't understand it. No, see, I, I more I more so took the hawk as being like, got your eye, motherfucker, and then he just like flies away, and you can kind of see the eye dangling from his claws. That's true. <laughs> okay, that's I'll take that too. I mean, no, no, yeah, I got your eye, bitch. Works too. You yeah. know, whatever you want to say. Oh, but look, I love the Huntsman because we all know I fucking love a dramatic bitch, and this is a dude who like lost his eye to a hawk and went, well. I now have to don an eye patch, and I must dress accordingly. So I'm going to dress in my best spy chic black turtleneck with giant trench coat. I mean, look, props to this guy. I'm going to be yeah. honest. If I ever lost an eye, you better believe I'm getting a dope eye patch. And well, you yeah. and you also better believe I am wearing. I want to look like a look. If I'm going to have an eye patch, I want to look like a Bond villain. Yeah, them's the rules. You know that that is the. That is the benefit of having to wear an eye patch, right? Is that you can look like a Bond villain, and that's exactly, exactly what I'm going to do. So. Uh, and that's the thing is, like, hey, I love him because he's super dramatic all the time. But also, like, I feel like he kind of encapsulates part of this film, which is, like, the, the ego of humans and their, like, disregard for, like, nature. Because, you know, Vanessa goes and interviews him after his attack, and he's very much like, I'm being watched by birds. I think they're coming for me. This is happening. And motherfuckers just like, but you know what? I am totally going to host my kid's birthday party because that's totally fine. Like, motherfucker, you know that the birds are watching you and will attack you. And you have no qualms about sacrificing I, the children. I I, th- I think that that's more of a uh, a, a, a plot mishap than, <laughs> than any sort of character development you know there's no character development well right i'm pretty sure that you know the writers in this case were just like yeah who cares we need to have a bird we need to have the party at his house so so i i don't know that that's necessarily a character choice but fair enough um, i do think he totally deserves to get attacked though because his house is literally filled with animal skulls every inch well, no, I mean, look, that that is the point of that character. So where the film itself is kind of a ripoff of the birds, this character is very much, you know, whatever you want to call it, a homage, ripoff, whatever. He, he's basically Captain Ahab from Moby Dick, right? Yeah. But with birds. So he, he dresses the part, too. He dresses the part, uh, and he he has the a similar personality where it's basically like, you know, he's this hunter who's gotten into this head into his head of – these birds are after me and I must destroy them before they destroy me, right? Yeah. Which is why you have a whole scene where the dude just takes his fucking rifle and goes outside and just <laughs> blows a bird to smithereens, <laughs> which I believe he thinks is the hawk that took his eye. And it very well might be. Yeah. But he's that kind of mentality. But no, he he is also, in a sense, that Captain Ahab character because Ahab and Moby Dick kind of represents the same thing, right? Which is... You know, whatever you want to call it, the the ego of man, the violence of man, mm-hmm. the superiority complex of man, <laughs> right? You know, man has this concept that we're the the ultimate species, right? And we're just so very much not. Nope. But he, 
but he represents it and he, you know he, he basically represents like the pillaging of the earth right mm -hmm. and you know you see that in his house because he does have this house that's just full of animal trophies like to a ridiculous extent so like I, I have a lot of family members who are hunters. It, it always bothered me. I never liked it, but they, but you know, you go up to their cabin and like my grandparents, for example, they've got deer heads and, you know, stuffed fish and stuff around the cabin. And that to me is normal, like cabin decoration, right? Yeah. But you go into this guy's house and <laughs> I mean, his, his entire wall is literally just covered, like covered in deer skulls and like different kinds of animal skulls, right? There's I like mean, forty. I mean, th there's no his entire house is full <laughs> of these things. Like I, he's got to have like five hundred deer skulls, right? And so it's it's to a ridiculous extent where it's just like over the top. Like the film does not want you to misinterpret this character. The film is basically just this guy fucking asshole to nature, right? <laughs> like nobody has that many goddamn deer skulls on their walls. You know, watching this movie, if you're any sort of, like, pacifist or animal lover, watching the scenes in his house is like being Jim Carrey in the film When Nature Calls, Ace Ventura. <laughs> and he walks into that one mansion, and it's just full of, like, animal heads. Mm -hmm. And he spins around screaming, like, <laughs> like that. That's the feeling you get from watching uh, people walk through the house of this hunter. You know, you're just yeah. looking around like, my God, how can anybody stand this? Like, I would walk in that house and be like, I'm gonna go outside. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with having maybe like one or two skulls in my house. Yeah, Which, no, that's a lot. Yeah, no, one or two. I mean, you and I don't even have real skulls, but nope. you know, it, it, one we or get two plastic Halloween decorations. Like I said, I, I'm used to a few, a few like deer head and stuff <laughs> like that. You know, here and there. It's just that this is to such an extent of like there you can't see wall it's no. just it's just deer skulls it's a little excessive it's the opulence of death yes so no yeah so i i completely agree with everything you said about him he's he's he, a character and we're going to discuss that more as we go on but uh who i want to mention really quick is peter because he's the opposite of the hunter character and so first of all i just want to say that christopher atkins kind of reminds me of like a poor man's Mark Hamill, you know, like he, <laughs> a little I, bit. Like he just kind of has that same energy of, you know, maybe w the first time that you saw Mark Hamill in Star Wars, where it's mm -hmm. like, oh, a adorable little boy as a man, kind of yeah. right. Like that's <laughs> like that's how I viewed Hamill in in, uh, in Star Wars, and that's kind of how I view Christopher Atkins, um, especially in the Blue Lagoon, of course. But see, but he, I love him from the pirate movie, which is a ripoff of Pirates of Penzance. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, he basically just has, like, that, that like, blonde little boy man energy, right? So, yeah, he's like Peter Pan. <laughs> uh, sure. So, anyway, so the thing about his character, though, is that he is very much the pacifistic voice of reason in this film, right? Like, he... Why are you looking at me like that? Of course he I'm, is. No, like, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm just listening. Uh, like, he, you know, he, he's the one where, in the very beginning, so you've got... Vanessa and Peter and the film opens with them at this this target range right and there's a different hunter who is doing this stunt where he's like blindfolded and then blows a pigeon out of the sky right yeah and and Peter asks him like why did you do that and the guy's just like for pleasure and Peter's just like fuck you know <laughs> uh and, and so that's kind of you know it, that's basically an introduction to the overall theme of the movie which is this you know idea of how mankind is kind of this creature that kills for pleasure and that's kind of what separates us from a lot of animals on the planet where you know most species are killing because they have to yeah and for survival and man's kind of one of the few that's like i just fucking like killing shit <laughs> you know and so so peter kind of gives us an insight into that and then Throughout the rest of the film, you know, he is the one who is kind of commenting on how people are sort of like that, how he doesn't want to, you know, uh, participate in the violence. He doesn't want to believe that the birds are attacking us for no reason. You know, he's kind of the one that keeps bringing up, like, different possible reasons of, you know, maybe you provoked them. Maybe you, you know, maybe you give off an energy that makes them afraid of you, <laughs> which, you know, a lot of animals can sense that kind of they stuff. They can, so, absolutely. Uh, so, so I think it's interesting to have him there. Now, look, I'm going to be clear. Uh, Beaks is not exactly a film that is 
overflowing with meaning and <laughs> you know and, and thought-provoking messaging uh but to the extent that it does peter is kind of that character that you know is there kind of providing that you know kind of providing mm-hmm. the 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 voice of reason the other side of what's happening you know where he's trying to say like hey we kind of did this to ourselves yeah <laughs> and and we need to accept responsibility for that right he's very much kind of on the side of the birds yeah, a little bit. Yeah, at least until they're after him, and he has to, you know, try to like blow him up with a grenade. But, <laughs> uh, but so, so you know, one thing that kind of strikes me as interesting about this film, that it being a sort of pseudo ripoff of the birds, that kind of stands out is the fact that whereas the birds use mostly crows for various reasons. Uh, Beaks uses mostly pigeons, and so, <laughs> so I'm wondering if if there's anything that you kind of get from that, or that sort of strikes you as interesting about that. Uh, so I personally love the use of pigeons in this because I think the use of pigeons is actually really smart for this film, and this is why I kind of feel like it feels more like a sequel to me for birds than a ripoff. Definitely ripoff qualities because we still have a birthday party for Kathy that gets attacked and a whole bunch of other You gotta understand, when I say ripoff, I don't mean like scene for scene it's the same. Yeah. A ripoff just means like, you know, if I made a movie about a guy who goes around and kills people on Halloween and is after his sister, that's a ripoff of Halloween. It doesn't have to be the exact same scene by scene stuff happening, but... But yeah, for, for me, with the use of pigeons in this, like, I kind of view it as them, like, building on what we saw with the birds. Because the birds, we've got the, the crows. Crows are super smart, and so I kind of see them as, like, scouts. But with, with beaks, no, birds are done scouting shit. They're just out to fuck stuff up. And so that's when you send in the infantry. And that would be the pigeons. No. Yes. <laughs> no. I, I'm afraid I have to... Oh. No, disagree with that <laughs> i have but here's the thing with pigeons like crows were we're gonna be suspicious of right we don't really see a lot of crows necessarily then why would crows be the scouts because they're if smart. they're the most suspicious because scouts are supposed to be the ones that blend in <laughs> okay well i guess then they're more like generals they're the smart ones they oh so the generals are the ones scouting things <laughs> they're the smart birds they have to see how this is all gonna play out so they can come up with a good battle plan that type okay. of thing. <laughs> Anyhow, the reason why I think using pigeons is really smart, especially for this one, is because I think out of the entire bird kingdom, pigeons are the ones that we as a species are least afraid of. And we kind of see that throughout the film. We see a lot of pigeons. We see that family taking pictures with the pigeons. I think for any of us who have like lived in cities before, look, we've all done it. We've seen like the mass amounts of pigeons and just run through. And so we've all had that moment, right? We're, sure. we're running through the pigeons and they're all around us and we can't see anything else. And so I think that's what kind of makes this a little bit more scary is we can relate to like being surrounded in a cloud of birds if you've run through the pigeons. Oh, yeah, no. Um, so <laughs> no, I, it's smart. Nobody's going to suspect a pigeon. The pigeons well, will be able to get super close to you and then start attacking gonna, and then you're fucked. Nobody's going to suspect any bird. Look, so no. The, the Everyone's <laughs> going to sp- suspect crows. Okay. I, I think your theory is bullshit. Um, so, <laughs> I, well, what's your theory? Well, I don't. Mr. So, Smarty Pants. Well, I mean, first of all, I, I think it's pretty clear that the <laughs> it's probably less of a choice and more of a. Boo, bad answer. <laughs> I'm going to give you an actual answer, but, but I'm just saying, you know, so, I mean, the reason that they use crows and the birds was because crows are more intelligent. So they were able to you know kind of be trained and do things for the film you know because hitchcock actually cared about like making something you know worthwhile but <laughs> pigeons are also smart they were used as homing devices during the wars yes chris but they're not as smart as crows <laughs> no, um, they're not. and they're also more available than crows so that's why i so think more scary no so i think so i think I, I think the real reason that pigeons are using this is just because they're easier to get <laughs> and more available but uh, as as far as something, you know, to kind of like read into it with the film is that, you know, what I like about pigeons being used is so it, I sort I, it kind of makes this film a little bit of the kind of antithesis to the birds, because when you look at the birds, that's a film where, you know, the the birds are essentially attacking for no reason. And they're kind of like, you know, they're kind of like they're kind of like death being brought on us. Right. You know, with yeah. with these crows and crows are very much scavengers and representative of death and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so it kind of plays out like that. 
where it's like the birds are attacking us and there's not really you know a a prevalent reason for it in the birds right and it's because that that film is less focused on the idea of humanity kind of you know stepping in the territory that it shouldn't it's not as it's not as focused on that concept Mm -hmm. whereas beaks is you know heavily focused on the idea that we are kind of uh infringing on the bird space and they are attacking us because mother nature's basically fucking sick of us right yeah (laughs) and so so what i think is interesting is that you know pigeons well they're not you know necessarily peaceful representations as, as such as the dove they're they're a little bit more of a peaceful kind of representation than the crow, right? Yeah. There there's an there's an innocence to pigeons. Because they're domesticated. Sure, there's an innocence to pigeons. So so, you know, it, it kinda so it feels like the antithesis because this film is more about how we drove the birds to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I kinda like the idea that it's all pigeons being used because since they are innocent uh, viewed a little bit more innocently, it kind of you know, it kinda works well to have these creatures be the ones that are suddenly turning on us because it's you know it's like it's one thing if you drive a crow or a vulture to attack you it's another thing if you drive pigeons to attack you you yeah. know so that that's kind of the point that i get from it is that we we have infringed so much on the territory of birds that we've driven even pigeons the most innocent of birds <laughs> <laughs> to come at us i so. do love that you keep calling them the most innocent of birds when most people just describe them as uh rats with wings I mean, that's what they are. Like, let's be honest. But <laughs> they're innocent rat with wings. Yeah, but I just, I just mean, I, I, what I'm getting at is, we look at pigeons and we view them as harmless. No, yes. nobody ever expects to have their eyes pecked out by pigeons. But you know, a crow, you might be a little bit more weary of. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you with that. I think, I think your point's really valid. This is about pushing, you know, nature so far to that point that, like, even the birds that don't give a shit when we kind of like nudge them with our foot. And they just kind of like go about their business like dumb cooing doves because they are technically doves. Even they have just gone, you know what? Fuck you guys. We're done with your shit. I feel like that's it's a huge step to get them to that point. Mm. But I, I'm kind of curious. I want to go back to my favorite dramatic bitch for a second. Because um, the hunter says in the interview, he makes an interesting point that the birds are just like us. So I'm kind of curious. What do you think that he meant by that? Well... <laughs> I think if you want to look at it in the sense of, you know, like you just called pigeons, like how you just called pigeons rat with rats with wings, I think that one way you could look at it is humans are trash. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if you want to make a direct comparison, you know, I, I think it would be to say that humans are trash, but, you know, and that we ourselves are kind of like, you know, scavengers of the world, right? Kind of mm-hmm. like pigeons are. But I think that, you know... I think that another way to say it is that at the moment that he says the birds are just like us, you know, he, he's referring to the fact he, he's talking about this in context of them attacking us and, uh, you know, being violent with us and all these kind of things. And so I more view that as him kind of saying that he, that he's commenting on the birds being violent. And I think that that is in turn then saying, well, if they're like us, then that's what we are is we're we're violent we we're ruthless we attack for no reason you know Mm -hmm. like we like we do all of these things and and kill and and so that's kind of i think how he's seen the birds in comparison to us is really when he's saying the birds are just like us he's saying we're just like the birds you Mm -hmm. know or or something along those lines like it's basically just kind of saying that we ourselves are monsters Mm -hmm. you know and 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 you kind of see small examples of that all throughout the movie where it's like you know, for example, you have Vanessa uh, approaching her boss in the beginning of the film where he gives her the assignment and he ends up being this super sleazy creep, right? Who's <laughs> Lecherous asshole. <laughs> yeah, who's like trying to get her in bed, calling her no talent, you know, like all this kind of stuff. Like you've got that. You've got the dad later on treating his kids like shit, you know, like they've just seen a dead body and they're crying <laughs> and he's like, shut up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna forget about that now it's like oh yeah dad we'll just forget about the fucking traumatizing dead body we just witnessed two minutes ago even though we're five you know so I, I think that we see that all throughout the movie of just like you know human beings kind of themselves being assholes yeah <laughs> uh you know there, there's very little 
good in humans that is shown throughout Beaks, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like we it really opens with that because we kind of talked about that opening scene a little bit where we have kind of that marksman character like shooting the birds out of the sky. But I want to talk about his fucking assistant that I feel like this kind of set the tone for the film for me where he's like has a bird in his hand and he's just violently shaking it and then he tosses it on the ground like it's a goddamn touchdown. <laughs> like, and I think that, like, to to your point, a lot of this movie is about just the needless violence that humans commit because mm-hmm. it's because it's fun or it's entertaining or they don't think or it's about for pleasure. It. <laughs> yeah, and I love I love your idea that the birds also are learning that from us that they're like, oh, I can just kill for fun, for pleasure, or because you left a goddamn dog on the top of the mountainside. Fuck you, human. I'm gonna punish you now. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know that it's the birds learning from us. I, I think I just mean by that that it, it's the it's the hunter seeing ourselves in the birds, you know, mm-hmm. like he like he's putting it on the bird. He's trying to find a reason to to you know justify his hatred for the birds, but in a sense, he's also kind of you know justifying their hatred for us by saying that they're like us because mm-hmm. they're not like us. They're actually not, but. In that moment when they're attacking, it, you know, he's comparing them to us without maybe realizing that what he's saying is that, you know, them being us means that we are violent assholes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yes, you know, to your point, like, again, this is a big difference between Beaks and something like The Birds, uh, which it's obviously, you know, <laughs> a homage <laughs> at best of, if we want to call it that. You know, that's a big difference is that, this one is really showing our violence towards nature. I mean, the whole opening segment is, you know, shooting birds. And like you said, the one guy who's literally spiking <laughs> the bird like a fucking football, you know? <laughs> like, That's a little tough to watch. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And I, I don't think I saw a no animals were hurt during the making of Beats. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so I don't know how real some of that is. But, um, but, uh, but, you know, but, and the whole commentary on we're killing for pleasure and all that, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's all there to, to remind us that that is what sets human beings apart from nature is, yeah. is, is we don't just kill, we kill because we like it, right? And, and that's the really disturbing, kind of disgusting, morally yeah. corrupt <laughs> piece of, of mankind, you know? So, you know, I mean, for God's sakes, you even have in, in that, er, in those earlier scenes, You've got Vanessa's boss coming up to them and being like, I really love the part where the bird blows up, you know, or, <laughs> or, or I love watching the birds blow up or, you know, something like that. Yeah. It's like, man, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, yep. like I like I like watching it in the movie because I think it's funny. But if it's a real bird like that would make her cry. That would be very sad. <laughs> uh, like who the hell wants to just sit around and watch birds blow up like real birds, you know? So, uh, I mean, th- this was always a thing that, you know, this was always the thing that was hard for me as a kid growing up. And it, you know, most of my family is either from Wisconsin or the South. And so there's a lot of hunters in my family. Right. And so growing up, you know, I I was exposed to a lot of this where it's like, you know, my grandparents and my parents would take us on pheasant hunts. Right. Mm -hmm. Where you basically just walk through fields until a pheasant flies up and they shoot it out of the sky. And it's like, and you know, the, the one good thing I'll say about my grandparents is they, they eat it at least like they, they use the things that they kill, but Uh, but it's still they don't need to it's still a for pleasure thing right yeah. and so you know and that always really bugged me and that caused like tension between my family and I at some point because you know I remember there was a time where I was supposed to take rifle safety classes in order to go hunting mm-hmm. or like hunting safety classes and on the morning of I just flat out refused my mom like I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> and, and I never got my hunter's license and I've never gone hunting with any of them since and I think that kind of pissed off a lot of that family but to me it's just like I have no reason to kill anything. I, no. I, I'm not interested in it. You know, I, I'm the kind of person where it's like, I don't even want to kill spiders. I saw, I was in the shower the other day and, <laughs> and there was a spider like just above uh, the shower head that was really bugging me because I do still have a fear of spiders and I don't want to be like washing my hair and have a spider just jump into my head. Cause that's what I'm always afraid of. I'm, they would never do this, but I'm always like, for some reason, that spider's just going to say, fuck it, and, like, jump onto my face. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so it was really hard for me to, like, you know, just enjoy my shower. But <laughs> Is the spider I, still in there? Probably. Because ah! I, I, I didn't kill it. Because that's yeah. just, you know, I just don't kill anything unless I have to, right? Yeah. So, so I've just never understood that part of human beings, you know, that's like, 
killing's fun. You yeah. know, I just I never got that unless it's in a video game. So no, I agree with you. I think that there's some. I I do believe that there is some place for hunters in our society because we have to. Oh, just... of course there is. We're we're still you know we still need hunters, mm-hmm. and we still have issues like you know deer overpopulation and yeah. stuff like that. It's just it's just a thing of you know, it's just a thing of like hunting for sport for fun that I just never understood. Yeah, I don't get that. I understand doing it to keep balance in the environment, especially since we've like chased away predators that would normally keep that balance. You know, we have to kind of fill that role. But yeah. Besides that, like, especially fucking, like, big game hunters. Mm-hmm. I do not understand that. Oh, Fuck uh, that shit. Oh, I mean, when, when I see pictures of the fucking Trump kids and they've got, like, you know, dead, near-extinct animals on. Yeah. Like, that they're holding up with smiles. I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you so much, yeah. you know? <laughs> that really bums me out. Like, like I, I would, if I was in that in their presence, I'd be just sitting there fucking crying and screaming, like, how the fuck dare you, you know? Um, but so one other thing I want to mention with this is that, you know... In terms of the hunter also, you know, going back to how he kind of says the birds are us and we are them, I think another thing that's kind of interesting here is a little bit, and look, this is me probably starting to read too much into the film, but, you know, to me this is a little bit a commentary just on war in general. So, like, if you kind of take the the nature aspect out of it mm-hmm. and and maybe start to view the birds as just, say, like, an enemy territory, right? Or, or another or another people that, you know, we're at war against. I, I start to kind of see it through that context a little bit where, you know, because you, you have all these things going on. And the part of it that struck me, and granted, I, I mean, I hope this doesn't come off as, like, racist, but, but part of it that struck me was how, you know, how you have those birds that essentially, like, suicide bomb the plane, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the plane that the guys drive in and... <laughs> And all these birds just fly into the propellers and to bring him down, right? Yeah, uh, it's a bit of a suicide bomb by it birds. Is. Yeah, and and that just kind of made me think of like, you know, obviously terrorism and suicide bombers and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, so when he says that line that they're that they're us and we are them, you know, it, it made me think of just how, uh, of just in, in context of war, how any time that we are facing off against anybody, you know, like like terrorists that we've been you know fucking fighting for 20 plus years Mm -hmm. and finally thankfully are out of that for now you know it it just made me think of like how you know we can disagree with their methods and and their beliefs and all that kind of stuff all we want but they're still human beings yeah they're still us and Mm -hmm. we are still them you know and we see the same fucking shit here in america (laughs) now with all these fucking trumpers you know that are kind of starting to act violent and do similar things and who knows what the fuck our future holds but mm-hmm. but it's basically this idea that you know in war in in war between human beings we're fighting other human beings they're us yeah you know and and so so that kind of struck me as like maybe this is a bit of a commentary on war itself mm-hmm. and how and how there is just like this inherently violent nature in human beings to just fight yeah <laughs> sometimes for no reason kind of like the birds seemingly attack for no reason you know where it's just like we just do it because it's fun (laughs) (laughs) or for pleasure i don't want i want to say war is fun that's not what i mean Mm -hmm. but i just mean that humans just have an innate need to fight (laughs) yeah yeah we do sometimes (laughs) you know if we're looking at the war metaphor like look i'm gonna a little bit take more the sides of sides of the birds with this because i look at the the ecological side of it and you could take it to you know the level of you know human beings have a tendency you know to also infringe to push their own agenda to not see or consider anybody else you know which pushes you know other humans to have to fight back against that or the birds Mm. have to fight back and be like hey bitch this is where i lay my eggs can you just you know fuck off so that you know my entire species doesn't die and humans are like eh, fuck you i'm gonna have your eggs for an omelet this is happening. I mean, omelets are delicious, though. <laughs> they are, but not made with the eggs of endangered species. I don't know. Maybe those eggs taste better. We've never had them. <laughs> you say you're not a hunter. I'm just saying, if I could eat, I've, if I could eat an omelet made out of dinosaur eggs, like I'm curious. <laughs> those are for the dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, it might be delicious. Who knows? Um, you know, but so so. <laughs> So look, so so all of that kind of leading into another thought I want to ask, which is, you know, Peter at one point kind of tries to introduce this thought 
of whether or not we're sort of reading into the bird attacks or or whether or not they're coincidence, those kind of ideas, right? Mm-hmm. I don't remember his exact line, but it's it's along the lines of, you know, are you sure you didn't do something to provoke them? Like, yeah. is it just, you know, is this really happening? And so I'm kind of wondering your thoughts. Like, do you sort of view these attacks as coincidence? Or if not, why are they attacking in your view? Uh, I definitely don't think that they're a coincidence just for the sole reason that it's happening all around the world. Like, mm. if it was just in specific, like, spots, then maybe. Because then, you know, it could be something like, you know, what caused the original event that the birds is based off of, of, like, the birds just eat a weird algae and they all freak the fuck out. But I don't think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing much more coordinated attacks. You know, everything's a little bit more planned, I feel like. I think it's more I, planned. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if there was any plan for that hawk to just go scrape that guy's eye out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> there was that dude, that fucking hunter. Fuck that guy. But that's the other thing is, like, I think that it's it's more of a coordinated attack because we're seeing, you know, small personal vendettas being carried out for sure. Like, against the hunter, against the farmer, I, against I, that bitch who left her dog on the top of a mountainside. I, 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 I love the fucking, what is it, a parakeet that they let loose that just, like, canary. a canary that just flies by the guy's cheek like, bitch, and, like, <laughs> exactly. scratches his cheek and flies <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, so I think we definitely have, like, specific examples of... Of, like, the birds just being like, fuck this person in particular. But then you also have massive groups of birds, like, attacking whole cities or beach sites or things like that. So, for me, I honestly think that it's, I am, you know, more coordinated attack, like, as a warning shot. I think the Mm. whole movie is basically a warning shot. And a little bit more based on what, like, that dude at the zoo was talking about. I don't know if he was a zoologist or, like, a bird person or whatever. Just the janitor at the zoo. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but he has he has a line in there that really kind of stuck with me, which is I am man's progression is too rapid and man's protection is too slow. Mm. And I think that's really for me what this movie is about, that like there's nothing wrong with progress, but we have to accept, you know, the effects that that has on the world around us. And if we don't protect that balance mother nature's gonna fuck us up she's gonna send her goddamn birds to steal our eyeballs you mean like how you constantly argue with me that the internet's fine without accepting the consequences (laughs) i just argue the finer points of the internet because i feel like you get lost in how it's just shitty and terrible well but you would i want to remind you the positives but but you would agree that maybe we're moving too fast and there are things to think about fine (laughs) you're right i'm wrong is that what you want yes is that what you want yes it is um (laughs) but but no but but i mean but look that whole we're not going to talk about that 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 whole conversation is is to the point of this is that mankind does evolve very fast especially over the last hundred years right yes we evolve very fast and we do it at such a rapid pace that we don't really take into consideration kind of how it changes the world around us right Mm -hmm. uh and, and that's always been my thing with you know the internet and social media i do think that we've never really taken a step back to be like Hey, how does this make us all super <laughs> fucked up in the head? But yes, I do agree that that's kind of the main point here is that, you know, humans don't do that. And, you know, as far as like my kind of viewpoint on it, it's I don't I, I think in the film's context, obviously, it's not all coincidental. I think that it would be kind of a stretch to say that, you know, these pigeons randomly flying into this old couple's house and pecking them to death is <laughs> is like a natural thing that happens it's not you know that farmer stole um, their eggs like that's just not a thing that happens so so obviously it can't be coincidence but i think that looking outside of the the film's direct context i think if you just look at the concept of it i find that interesting because it kind of plays a little bit into my sort of viewpoint on how the film's kind of a reflection of war a bit in the sense that you know, going back to terrorism, right? Mm-hmm. So the whole kind of, you know, this is going to piss some of you off, but like the whole kind of concept uh, of, you know, our war on terror or whatever mm-hmm. uh, is because of the two towers, obviously, you know, horrible thing that happened uh, in it, and we're still kind of grieving as a nation over it, you know, and, and it was awful. And, you know, absolutely the people who were responsible for that deserve to pay. But the thing that people always tend to forget is that, you know, it's not like America was innocent <laughs> yeah. in, in this war on terror, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you could argue that America for a long time has been 
stepping into things they shouldn't, right? Yep. And and imposing their own ideals and beliefs. And so it makes sense that, you know, there's going to be people out there that maybe don't want America as, you know, infringing so much on their lives, kind of the mm -hmm. way that humans infringe on the birds in this. So Government does like destabilizing other countries. Yeah. So, so I guess when I started to think about it, you know, it was more kind of this idea of like, kind of looking at the way that everything happens in the early on is you know okay we've got the hawk that rips the guy's eye out i mean yeah could it be intentional sure could it be because he gives off a bad energy and he's a fucking hunter of animals <laughs> maybe you know but but it's and and same thing with the pit or the the canary scratching the guy's face that could be coincidence we don't know mm -hmm. you know there, there's just all these things that happen early on where it's like they're awful, but at the same time, it's all over the world. You know, it's a big, it's a big world out there. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like these humans are reading so much into it to the point where they want it to be true. Yeah. You know, they, they want a reason <laughs> for there to be this violence and this fight, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess the way that I started to look at it is that, well, that's kind of how war happens in general, is that one one or two bad incidents happen not always driven by intent but sometimes reaction mm -hmm. you know like like i'm not gonna name any specific examples but like if you you know if you have a say a, a plane that flies over another country's territory they might take that as a threat and accidentally do something and you know blow up that plane and thinking that it's a threat and then mm -hmm. you know that escalates into a war and whatever and it, so the idea being that i guess what i'm getting at is that humans I think are just always looking for a fight. <laughs> yes. That, that's kind of what I'm getting at with this, is that humans are always looking for a fight. You know, not not all of us. It's not inherent in our nature, I don't think. But there is a there is a mass amount of people out there that just, frankly, I think, like war. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, maybe not the consequences of war, mm -hmm. but they, they like the fight. They want to have somebody to blame. They want to have an enemy, you know, and... It, and I think that's just a part of some of our nature. And so when I'm watching this and I'm looking at how all these people are kind of maybe making something out of nothing in some of these cases, you know, it, it almost kind of strikes me as like how how that's how a lot of war starts is that, yeah. you know, it's basically just us kind of looking for a fight or misinterpreting something or basically having this shoot first, ask questions later kind of attitude. <laughs> yeah. And that and that's that that is the thing that's very prevalent in humans. We don't we don't tend to stop and think about what are the consequences, what are the intentions. Instead we just lash out immediately and assume the worst. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I do think that it's very much about that. I think for me it's a lot also about not taking responsibility. Like, you know, these humans, they want to lash out. They want to say that it's this violence against them, but they don't want to take, you know, the accountability for, you know, costing a lot of species to go extinct, for encroaching on their territory, for risking these lives because they think they're lesser than. Um, and I think that's, for me, the big thing. That's why I'm on the side of the birds, because I do very well, much agree with that scientist or zoologist or whatever the fuck he is, that it's like, you can't just go into these territories and not accept responsibility for what you've done. Right. Like, I think I think one way to look at it is, you know, like, let's take, for instance, the, the guy in the plane, right? Who yeah. <laughs> He was so, warned about that bird cloud. <laughs> he was warned about the bird cloud. But but more importantly, you know, look, the, the very idea of flying in planes in general mm -hmm. is is human beings going to a place they're not supposed to be. Look, it is a great invention. It's it's super You're cool. You're just saying this because you hate flying. I do hate flying, but uh, <laughs> but no, but that <laughs> what? I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, but look, but you know the it's look, it's a great evolution and a great invention for us to be able to get up in the sky and fly and all that kind of stuff. And that you know that that's that's the the positive of human beings in a sense is our ingenuity, right? Mm -hmm. But but the fact of the matter is, is we're still infringing on. A territory that is not ours you yeah. know the the sky the sky belongs to the birds okay yep. <laughs> um and so so i i think what i'm getting at is you know you look at the scene where the guy is up there flying and all the birds flying those propellers and it, he you know sort of willingly flew into that cloud of birds so it's like you know i i guess the way i look at it is that happens and you could have the thought of 
oh, well, that's a horrible accident because that kind of shit actually does happen. Mm -hmm. uh, but in this film's point of view and in our point of view as an audience and as the characters react to it, we're like, that's an act of war by the birds. You know, like it's it's everybody <laughs> freaking out and being like, that was not an accident. The birds meant to do that, you know. And and so it's just, you know, again, it's just striking at that idea of like we are such a violent species that to us everything is purposefully violent you know every, mm -hmm. everything is an act of war right <laughs> and you know and, and i i just i just really think that's interesting a way to look at it is kind of how you know so many uh, so many fights start like that right yeah uh, it, uh, an intention that's not there an accident <laughs> mm -hmm. that the other side interprets as you're trying to attack me yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I'm curious, though, because since I'm on the side of the birds, I do f I do feel like this is a war, and they're going to win because they're going to kick our asses. We can't defend against the birds. <laughs> you think you can take on the birds? It's a fucking pigeon. <laughs> it's like 20 pigeons attacking you all at once. I don't care. Kick them. <laughs> <laughs> fucking die in the bird war. Um, so I'm curious what your thoughts on, on the ending of this movie is. Uh, I mean, my first thought is, look, everybody just needs to go back. You know, everybody just needs to get a fucking suit of armor and they'll be fine. Like the a suit of armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just get a suit of armor. Go to your go to your local Walmart. Get a, <laughs> get, a get a medieval suit of armor and you'll get be a fine. Medieval, I mean, like, look, okay, let's, that'd be hilarious. I would love for us all to regress to the medieval times. I mean, look, let's be honest. The bird war would be a huge joke because all we would do is just fucking put on like, you know some gear like body armor and stuff like that will be fine <laughs> it's fucking birds they're not gonna do anything um the but crows will figure it out no they won't they can't they can't make nuclear weapons chris <laughs> give, as, them, give them as, time as intelligent as they are they can't even use weapons all right like they're gonna to, get the lions and the mountain lions on their side can you imagine though seeing like an army of crows flying through the sky and they've somehow like managed to figure out rifles <laughs> <laughs> okay, A, that'd be amazing. I would love to see that. B, I would make the argument that crows are friends with wolves, and so they could, like, pair up, and then your armor's not going to do shit. Um, a wolf still can't penetrate armor. Anyway, wolf, so... Wolf couldn't get you. No, it's not. So, as far as the <laughs> ending goes, I mean, the first thing I'll say is, look, I think it's very significant that a big part of it takes place in the hunter's house where we're surrounded by all these, you know, uh, <laughs> these trophies of death, right? <laughs> uh, I, I think that that's very purposeful i also like the fact that he dies not through the birds but mm. through his own heart right through yep. his, through his own weakness which which i also <laughs> found interesting because you know i i think that that ties into everything i've been talking about which is that you know in the end it's not the birds that killed him nope it's his weak it's, ass heart it's his own weak ass heart and to me <laughs> what i like about that is that I tend to view warmongers as the weakest people on the planet, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you think about, like, your Trumps or, or any kind of, like, national bully or something like that, right? I always view those as the weakest people you could ever meet. Yeah. Because in their mind, you know, attacking you, trying to look tough is the only way that they actually ever feel tough. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just, that's not, that's not toughness. If you respect bullies like that, you're respecting the wrong thing, right? So yeah. that's not strength. Uh, so what I kind of like about this is, you know, this guy's all, I'm a hunter and I kill all these animals and I'm <laughs> superior to them and blah, blah, blah. You know, to me at the end, you're just a fucking weak bully, dude. Like yep. at the at the end of it all, you're just a weak bully who got a shit heart and, <laughs> you, can't and, you, can, and you couldn't even handle a bird attacking you. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't handle the ravages of war. Right, exactly. Like, you know, you're you're all talk, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of how I end up viewing that with his death. But um, but more specifically, I mean, you know, I <laughs> the thing I love about this ending is that it makes no sense. No, and it <laughs> makes no sense. I mean, it, it's what I love about these nature's attack, this, these nature attack movies sometimes that, you know, there's not really a good way to end it. No. Always. You know, usually the ending kind of has to be like, well, we're just an Armageddon now and we're fucked. Because <laughs> there's, really, there's really no way to just suddenly stop all of the bird attacks. You know, like we've got we've got our grand finale, I say with, you know, air quotes, where uh, where they throw a grenade into a train full of birds. But <laughs> Two grenades. <laughs> two grenades. But it's not like that solves the problem of billions of birds in the world that are no. like, we've had enough of your shit. Uh, and then I also like that, 
you know, that doesn't solve the problem with the birds, but then we move into these, like, random shots that seem to be implying that bugs are next. <laughs> bugs are on deck. Like they're, If the birds won't kill you, the bugs will. Yeah, like, there's all these, like, insects, I think, on the water is what those last four Maybe? shots are supposed to be, and they're... They're all buzzing and getting ready for a human invasion. I don't know. I have no fucking clue. Uh, I don't think the filmmakers knew either. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean that that that's kind of my basic interpretation. And you know, again with the house and the and the kids party, which again is a rip off of the birds. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kids party, I think maybe one way to look at it, if you want to look at it in terms of war or the violence of humans or any of that kind of stuff, is that you know maybe it's significant that we are ending on a children's party because it introduces the idea that again if we're like the birds and they're like us then it, there's no there's no level that's too low to fly to right <laughs> where where you know you you hear you see it all the time and and war with humans killing innocent children and stuff like that super dark shit um and this is in a sense kind of like the birds invading a human nest, you know, with all of these like little baby humans running around. And it's kind of to imply like, you know, that's the nature of humans. Like mm-hmm. we don't, we don't really care who, you know, we don't really care about the innocent dying in war. We still do it. You know, we still, we still do that. So I definitely agree with, with that humanity, but I will point out the birds don't actually kill any kids. Yeah, but they try to. None so I'm not, die. I'm not forgiving the birds here. I- Hear me out. There is a scene in, like, the study when we take the traumatized child who was really dumb and while everyone was going to hide in the house was like, I'm going to go play outside with all the birds. Um, That kid never gets attacked. Yeah, None of the you, kids really do. But so maybe the but, birds are trying to say that there's hope for, like, the next generation no, to be better. No, I'm sorry. No, you can't You can't argue that the birds attack in that scene, that the children are not in danger. <laughs> They're just going after the My, hunter or the adults. No, no, I think the whole point there is that, you know, it's it's that when it comes to war, there, there are no, you know, when it comes to war, like, we like to say that there are certain elements of it that are off limits, you know. But like, they never are. But they never are, and and you hear about that constantly. I mean, God, Vietnam was a horror show, you know, for yep. uh, for what Americans did to kids. So, yep. so like you know, it's it, to, to me, it's that kind of concept of like, again, it, looking at ourselves through the birds, and so the birds attacking that party in the end with all these little kids. That that to me is just supposed to be kind of representative of like how awful we are mm-hmm. in war, <laughs> and how and how you know there's no such thing as too innocent to be an enemy. <laughs> In our mindset, usually, so fair enough, fair enough. I'll, I'll am I, am I making sense? I'm a little buzzed right no, now. No, you that's... To- okay. So you <laughs> totally are making sense. I I'm just on the slight opposite side of you, so I respect your opinion. I just like politely disagree because I think that the birds are better than humans. That might also be because they're descendant of dinosaurs. The birds are better than humans, but you are specifically forgetting that the birds ate a baby in this movie. <laughs> so you can't sit there and tell me that the birds. <laughs> Are not after the children. They ate a fucking baby. <laughs> Why did they eat a baby? Isn't that what happened with the... You've got the one couple that the reporter meets earlier. Oh, and, are and they instigating that the birds ate their baby? Because the woman in that flashback is a completely different woman to the blonde sitting on the couch. I mean, I thought, look, maybe I... <laughs> Somebody I'm, watch Beaks and tell us if they ate a baby. I mean, look, I th- this movie makes no sense most of the time, but I could swear that that's supposed to be what that story is about is that, you know, that couple lost their child to birds. <laughs> like, that. that's what I thought that was supposed to be. <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. And, and, I, and either way, I mean, there's still, there's still the scene where birds attack a baby. Like, they... <laughs> they I, don't, I don't think the birds are... are fair, they're attacking the mom. Whatever, that baby's dead. <laughs> the birds are like, we're hungry for some other other white meat, right? So, like... <laughs> Uh, well, Chris is, like, incapacitated now from laughing. Um, <laughs> Percy and a baby. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that is very common in the bird world. They will, like, eat each other's, like, eggs and shit like well, that. Well, so there, so there you go. So there, there you go. We're going to end it there. That's where, <laughs> that's what the birds are doing in this ending, all right? They're invading the nest to eat the other baby birds. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Chris is recovering from, I don't even know what the hell she's laughing at at this point. Uh <laughs> 
What is your killer... We gotta start wrapping up. So what is your killer death of beaks? <laughs> okay, so normally I don't like animal death because it makes me sad, but they did blow up a fucking hawk. And so that might be my killer death. He uses R a shotgun. There's no reason why the bird should fly off into like six different pieces, but it's hilarious. There's a shotgun. That shit'll, that shit'll fuck you up. No, so. it's not going to explode a goddamn bird. Have you seen a bird shot with a shotgun? I have not because I'm not from a family of hunters. We're farmers. We respect the animals. I don't. <laughs> That's true. I've never actually been on a farm. Yeah, exactly. Um... <laughs> Okay, uh, I, I picked the hang glider because I thought that was an awesome and gruesome death. <laughs> that was pretty amazing, and also he totally deserved it for leaving his dog on the cliffside. Yeah, the scene cracks me up because you got these two hang gliders that just, like, jump off a cliff and leave their dog behind, and I'm just... Cutest dog ever. And I'm just like, well, they're not going to hang glide back to the clifftop, so are they just like... Yeah, we're fine with our dog chilling here for a few hours. Apparently. <laughs> but no, I thought I thought it was a hang glider. I just think it's a really cool death. It's representative of us invading their territory and all that. And I just love him getting his goddamn eye pecked out and all the blood gushing out like that. That moment in particular is why I want to see this hundred minute cut with the extra yeah. gore. Because like, the gore is by far the best part of the movie. <laughs> I do have to do a runner up prize to the nurse's death. Because um, that's, our, that's our homage to... Um, Oh, fuck, I forgot her name. Our main character from the birds going into the room and almost dying. But, like, she gets both of her eyes pecked out. And then also, I think she falls off the banister. It's awesome. It's pretty great. Um, What about your killer idiots of Beaks, the movie? Dude, the goddamn farmer. He was attacked by his chickens. He was attacked by other birds. He then gets attacked by that goddamn canary. And then he's like, I'm going to go home and still live on my farm with my wife surrounded by birds. You know they're after you move to the goddamn well, it's city. Not, it's not like people can just pick up and leave, Chris. <laughs> You're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> so so I mean look, my killer idiot is everyone in this movie. Like I I don't think I don't think there's a single smart character in the entire film. You know, like so, when I look at this movie, I mean it's just countless people doing idiotic things and uh <laughs> And, 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 you know, it's also just really just, again, about the, the incompetency of, <laughs> of human beings, you know, and how, and how we're, we have this ego that makes us think that we're, like, untouchable, <laughs> but, but we're really not, you know? No. I, I, think that, I think that that is what is fascinating to me about films like this, about nature attack horror movies, mm -hmm. is that it really does dig into the idea that, you know, humans, they, they put up these walls, like, right like we build our houses and apartments and whatever and we put up these walls and we think that makes us safe and we build cities you know and we think that we're like fine there but it's like you know if you ever really think about it like y you've done nothing like no. if, a, if a fucking tiger <laughs> decides you know hey i want to go into this city the tiger's gonna go into that city and mm -hmm. if you encounter that tiger you're fucked you know yep. so so I, I just think that I don't know human human beings crack me up like we're just we're just such a such a dipshit species yeah. and <laughs> and and we we just it, it seems like so many of us don't actually realize how fragile we really are but new um, we're not even apex predators right exactly I mean think about it you cannot win a fight with a rhinoceros you cannot win a fight with a tiger you cannot win a fight with an alligator unless you're an alligator wrestler you cannot win a fight with a shark you know like hippo will fuck you up a hippo a hippo will fuck you up you yep. know so like no so we we are weak the only reason that we win anything is because we make weapons but anyway uh i tangent um <laughs> so everyone's an idiot and i guess i'll just also say the mayor because he's useless at like your typical politician right <laughs> like he just he, he has no idea what he's doing he's just sitting in a bar getting drunk which i mean to be fair i would if, also do it during the bird op apocalypse yeah if i was a mayor in the bird apocalypse i would probably also just go to the bar and get drunk because you know what else are you gonna do at that point <laughs> <laughs> again like we said on the last episode with the birds you can't just nuke the sky uh, I mean, Trump thought that we could nuke tornadoes, but you can't just nuke the skies. <laughs> Maybe you can dress in a chicken suit and they'll leave you alone. Oh, one would hope so. Um, <laughs> but what about your killer MVP of Beaks? Like, that's just all the fucking gore in this movie. Like, that's what makes this movie. This movie makes no goddamn sense. It, like, jumps around. It, like, leaves off portions of the story so you think you fell asleep and you didn't. I didn't. You did fall asleep, though. Okay, the you first round. You fell asleep round, the first time. <laughs> yeah, but not the second round. Second round, I stayed awake, I stayed focused, and I still felt, felt like I fell asleep. 
Um, but no, for me, the the gore wins it. Like, all the eye gouging. It's really about the eye gouging is the MVP for me. Because that's what this movie is all about. And exploding birds. Yeah, I guess that kind of relates to what I said. You know, I, for me, the MVP was the hawk that took the hunter's eyeball because good for him. Yeah, yeah that's a dope-ass <laughs> hawk. Uh, I, again, I just love him flying off with the eye and his talents, you know? Like, fuck you, motherfucker. See, <laughs> why don't you try to see me now, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to eat this. I just took it as a trophy. Right. How does it feel? Yeah, exactly. He's gonna put it. He's gonna put it on the wall above his nest, and so all these little baby birds can look at this eyeball just hanging off, and he, <laughs> he'd be like, "That was the eye of the hunter that shot at me." <laughs> but yeah, no. So that, that's also my MVP. Um, which clearly means that this movie is not great. But I'm choosing the goddamn <laughs> hawk that's still an eyeball. Uh, that hawk was amazing. A hawk is amazing. Um, but all right. So that's gonna do for us on Beaks the movie. Uh, <laughs> if you watched the film for this i hope it wasn't too much torture for you <laughs> let us know if you think that they ate a baby or not because now i'm curious yeah sure um <laughs> i'm pretty confident they ate a baby they but <laughs> eat a baby uh well again you know maybe the movie just hypnotized me into thinking it ate a baby because nothing makes <laughs> sense in beaks um but but yeah so so anyway hope you enjoyed that uh next week <laughs> I'm afraid it doesn't get any better. We're going to be watching Birdemic. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, so if you've not seen Birdemic, I'm pretty sure that's streaming on Tubi and places like that. So go check it out uh, and do your homework there. But otherwise, that's going to do it for us on Beaks the Movie. So again, I'm Matt. And I'm Chris. And have a great night, horror fans. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of Killer Horror Critic. If you'd like to scream with us some more, please subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at KillerFromSpace, as well as Instagram at Killer underscore Horror underscore Critic. New episodes release every Friday, so keep your eyeballs peeled just the way I like them. Have a good night, horror fans. <laughs> <laughs>